Earlier this year, David Axelby was scrolling through Reddit when he came across a mystery. I end up finding this guy's uh, comment on someone else's post. He just said, one time while bear hunting out in uh, the base of the Keweenaw Peninsula in the UP, he and his friends stumbled across a, a, a ghost town. The hunter said it looked like the town had been evacuated quickly. It looked like um, all the belongings were left inside uh, of some of these structures. He said it looked like maybe around the 1930s or 40s, but uh, he, he wasn't sure. David wanted to find this town in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. But there was only one real clue, a sign the guy thought was the name of the town. He, he couldn't remember if it was Pearline, Pearlized, something along those lines, but, but it had Pearl in it. So Pearline or Pearlized, something like that. So Pearline, maybe. Some other people thought it might be called Pauline, somewhere on the Keweenaw Peninsula, probably near a town called Twin Lakes. David searched online for the town, but couldn't find anything. All of which got him thinking. Like, how quickly history can get lost. It's the idea that, what if there was this, like, real quick established town, this whole piece of history, these stories, these people, all this stuff, and we don't have any evidence of them even being there anymore. No paper trail, nothing. Could this really happen? Could a town called Pearline really disappear? This is Points North, a podcast about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. Today on the show, we take a road trip to the Keweenaw Peninsula with David and independent producer Max Howard to look for a lost town. Maybe it's a wild goose chase, but maybe, just maybe, they'll find what they're looking for. That's right after this. Support for Points North comes from Cherry Republic, celebrating northern Michigan's tart cherries with products like jams, barbecue sauces, chocolate-covered cherries, and more. Online at cherryrepublic.com. And Aspire North Realtors, bringing real estate professionals together, supporting their involvement in the community, and advocating for the industry in a sustainable way. Online at AspireNorthRealtors.com. David Exelby and I are old friends. I'm talking like back to the second grade. We're both big talkers. Novels, politics, something stupid or funny. We'll talk about whatever. We also like history. I love Michigan history, um, especially like more obscure or more just forgotten stuff that we, we don't know about as much. When David told me about this mysterious town, Pearline, I was hooked. And since we couldn't find anything about Pearline online, we set out on a road trip to try and find it for ourselves. For David, it felt like a video game. And once you get playing it enough, it's not about the missions anymore. It's about like the fun little Easter eggs you can find within the map. And it sounds so funny, but like this is like a real world Easter egg to me. Anyway, all right. Do you want to do you want to talk about going up here a little yeah, bit? Sure. Um, okay. So I'm just. We set out early, driving along Lake Superior. It's, it's been so foggy. Yeah. And like, it's. <laughs> It's kind of perfect mystery, you know, like <laughs> mystery ink weather, yes. you know? I feel like we really are going into like a Scooby-Doo yeah. <laughs> episode right here. Like the fog's coming down, the sun is red, yeah. it's just coming over. We're going to go into an abandoned The plan was simple, even if we were working out some of the kinks along the way. 
First, we would talk to the locals and see if anyone had ever heard of Pearline. Houghton was an obvious place to stop. It's the biggest city on the peninsula with a large student population from Michigan Technological University. I don't want to talk to... What, what student is going to know about... Maybe we shouldn't stop in here because it's probably a bunch of kids. Oh, yeah. No. We had to find someone local who had a deep connection and knowledge of the peninsula. Maybe like a bar up here or something. Yeah, we're not even in the like downtown spot yet. But yeah, we could um, stop at a bar. We could even like go to like a grocery store and just ask people. That's a good idea. Just stop them. We passed through Houghton, and as we got closer to where the Reddit poster said he was bear hunting, we stopped to ask more and more people. Hey, how are you? Hey, I've got a question for you. I have an answer. Have you ever heard of a town named Pauline or Burline around here? No. Let's Google. I've Googled it. It's, okay. it's not we stopped people on the side of the road, clerks behind gas station counters, a pair of teenage boys eating their lunch of barbecue chips and Gatorade in a party store. Most people thought we were looking for a different town an hour or so south. This town up here, um, it's called Pearline or Pauline. Have you ever heard of that? Never heard of it. Never heard of anything like that? Mm-hmm. Nothing rings a bell? Mm-hmm. Nothing at all? Okay. All right, well, thanks. Paul Dang. That's what everyone keeps saying, Paul Dang. Yeah, that's There's... the only one I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever heard of Paul Dang. But there are abandoned that... towns around here. There's or there's like mine shafts and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, mine shafts, but I'm not sure where any of them are. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, hey, thank you. We weren't looking for Paul Dang. I thought this might happen, though, which is why I reached out to Emily Schweibert before we went on our road trip. Emily is an archivist at Michigan Tech and was helping me try and locate Pearline. Hi, Emily. Jackson, David. Yes. yes, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Good, Good. it's nice to David. meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, glad you guys found it. Oh, yeah. Emily and another one of her colleagues had been introducing me to people they thought could help. They were sending me annotated maps with little-known historical sites and even an article about Pearline except they called it Pauline. But it was clearly the same town. When the article popped up in my email, my heart sank. I thought maybe our mystery had already been solved. According to the article, a man was at a place called Jake's Bar, near where we thought Pearline was. The bartender, who was also called Jake, told the man he knew how to find Pauline. I had to make a call. Hello, Vern speaking. Hi, uh, my name is Max Howard. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, hey, I've, I've got kind of a funny question. So, does does Jake still own the bar? No, I own the bar. It's uh, gone through a couple different people since Jake's owned the bar. So I pose the question to Vernon Harlock. Does he know where Pauline is? I, you know, I've heard that story. Um, I think it's north of Winona. Winona is just south of Jake's. Um, I've never ventured there, tried finding anything like that. Okay. Um, Vern didn't tell us anything we didn't already know. We already knew that Pearline was somewhere near a town called Winona. So we still had a mystery. Emily had trouble finding Pearline too. But knowing we were driving up, she invited us to take a tour of a ghost town she had her own connection to. Winona. The same town that Vern had mentioned. 
I will say one thing that you can kind of see when you're up by the school here. Yeah. That I really love about UP towns is that the roads pretty much are what they say on the label. So we have old post office road. It's like, do you know where the <laughs> old so post true. office road is? <laughs> yeah. Emily, David, and I walk down a dirt road that loops through the woods. Every quarter of a mile or so, we pass a home far back in a field. This used to be a copper mining town of 1200, but the only sign there was anything besides sparsely placed homes is a schoolhouse, which I have to say seems comically large. There are probably more rooms than there are students, I'd guess. Last because I, I heard, yeah, they had maybe six students in 2019. Well, because yeah. we were coming in here and we saw yeah. the population was 19. Yeah. So we're like, this is a pretty big schoolhouse for that's, Yeah. <laughs> so would you call this, I mean, I guess, would you call Winona a ghost town or would, what, what would you call it? Someone once called it an almost ghost town and I feel like that's a pretty good descriptor of it. You know, it's not, it's not what it was, 20 people can't compare it to 1,200 people, yeah. you know? Emily's family history goes way back in Winona. Her dad grew up here, and his dad grew up here too. They stayed in Winona even in hard times, finding ways to make enough money to stay in their hometown and support their family, like when Emily's widowed great-grandmother turned to moonshining. It's, it's, it's funny just to even call this a town because it just it kind of looks like a road and there's like a couple houses right. on it. But, yeah. It doesn't seem like a ghost town. Not like the kind you'd imagine, where all the buildings on Main Street are still standing and a gentle breeze swings the shutters on an abandoned home. No, instead, it seems like nothing has ever even been here. But then, Emily leads us into the woods. Okay. Uh, this is where we're going to be kind of going into the grassy area. If you need bug spray, I have it. I think I'm good. Okay. We go into the forest on a half-hour hike on no discernible path. Sticks and branches block our way, knocking around my microphone. Um, so, well, I'll ask you when I'm untangled from all this. Getting out of here for a second. We hike until Emily stops us at one of Winona's two mines. The mine's mouth goes straight down into the ground, and it's incredibly dark. On top of that, the mine is surrounded by a grove of trees, some of the trees beginning to creep into the inner edges of the mine. There's a fence around it, but absent that marker... I wouldn't have seen the mine at all. That is, until I'd have fallen in. I think it's, you know, a testament to people trying to exploit the earth and the earth reclaiming itself when the people are no longer yeah. working on it. Yeah, you can leave this giant hole here. We'll just yeah. grow over it. Exactly. Yeah. Trees don't care. Just a little ways into our hike, I'm completely lost. If Emily left me alone, there's no way I'd be able to find my way back. Can you, does this even connect to a road anymore? I mean, there's there's no other way to get here besides the way we just went. Yeah, you're not getting here unless you have an ATV that's still going to, you know, go off-roading, but there's no way you could really drive up here without that kind of vehicle. Yeah, there's no you're direct trail exactly. leading yeah, to this. This isn't, this isn't something that's people are encouraging you to discover. From there, we follow a tall ridge line miles into the woods. This is where they used to cart materials to the stamp mill, Emily tells us. Finally, the trees begin to clear, and we come upon the real ghost town of Winona. You can kind of see where some wow. of those stamp heads were set up. Oh my gosh, this is huge. You yeah. Got to be kidding me. <laughs> 
you just would never know when you're driving down the road in Winona this is here. You wouldn't know when you're driving down the highway that Winona is here if not for the sign yeah. in a lot of well, cases. Well, it's just completely overtaken. I yeah. mean, it's this massive structure and there's just, I don't even understand how it was here at, at yeah. some point. David and I looked down a hill at the ruined structure of the Winona stamping mill, a mill that crushed rocks from the nearby mines. We stand on concrete at the highest point of the mill. Then about 50 feet down is another concrete level, and then another. Concrete spires dot the landscape, what used to prop up machinery. Yeah, this truly does feel like um, like I stumbled on like, I mean, Machu Picchu or something, exactly. you know? That's, like yeah. It's, it's yes. industrial Machu Picchu. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of a few people actually use that term specifically to describe yeah. the stamp mill and others like it in the woods. Yeah. And really, the stamp mill is just a small part of what used to be Winona. Deeper in the woods are the relics of an old railroad, a large company store, and the abandoned homes of Winona's past residents. It's just interesting, you never think about, um, I mean, with all these, these towns we've been talking mm -hmm. about, I mean, I never think of a town as a place that appears and disappears so quickly. Yeah. You know? I mean, is it, is it as simple as just saying, um, you know, it's just, it's just the nature of the resources that are around here, you know? They, yeah. They've plumbed the mine, mm -hmm. they've clear-cut the area. Is it as simple as that, or do you think there's a little more to it? I think there's more to it. Um, you know, towns come and go because people need them to be there, basically. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's the resources and, and uh, you know, when the resources are gone, people do leave. And sometimes it's just, you know, you, this place becomes something to you and the town sticks around because of that. I don't know if that really answers the question. There's just something about a place sometimes that grabs a hold of people and says, put down your roots here. Seeing Winona, I feel like my question as to whether a town could really disappear was kind of answered. Sure, Winona is on the map. You can punch it into your navigation system, but to really know the town, what lies in the woods, past the schoolhouse, someone has to show you how to get there. Like Emily's dad showed her, and Emily showed us. If Winona or a part of its history disappeared into the woods, I think Pearline could too. David and I say goodbye to Emily and head back out on the road. We drive around talking to people at rest stops and party stores, still unable to find anyone who has ever even heard of Pearline. Are you still recording? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just letting it roll. Good. Who knows? Well, I'm just gonna... We talk about what we think this weekend meant. Well, and it's like, even if Pearline isn't real, even if this is just some drunken, it may as well be drunken ramblings yeah. <laughs> of a uh, Reddit poster, yeah, that's Reddit true, commenter, yeah. um, certainly if it doesn't, Pearline doesn't exist in name, it ex exists as an idea. There yeah. are forgotten towns. There yeah. are forgotten spaces. Yeah. There are forgotten histories. Yeah. David had reached out and spoken to the original poster on Reddit and the weeks leading up to our road trip, but was ghosted as our trip neared. If Pearline existed, its memories were certainly growing weaker. Whittled down to a few comments on the internet, a bartender recounting another bartender's story, and a podcast that never finds the town in question. We didn't find Pearline. Maybe it doesn't exist. But plenty of other ghost towns in the Great Lakes region do including Winona, a half-forgotten town.
That's Max Howard. That episode was edited by Morgan Springer. Additional editing from Ellie Katz, Izzy Ross, and me, Dan Wanshura. Music by Mr. Smith. Special thanks to Scott Wendt and Lindsay Hiltonen. For more stories from around the Great Lakes, listen and subscribe to Points North wherever you find podcasts, and take a second to rate and review the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Points North Podcast. It's all lowercase, all one word. Before we go, a shout out to our friends over at Great Lakes Now. It's a PBS series focused on issues that matter to people in the Great Lakes region. In their latest episode, they reimagine solutions to shoreline erosion at beaches in Ogden Dunes, Indiana, and then take a trip to West Michigan to find out why so many dams are being removed throughout the Great Lakes and the impact that's having on watershed health. Check them out at greatlakesnow.org. All right, that's it for this week. Points North is a production of Interlochen Public Radio.